Hey everyone, welcome to the Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, personal development, helping people, and all the things it takes to help you live a strong, joyous life. Today's episode is about gut health, and I have two experts, father and son team, Mahmoud and Afif Ghanoum. Uh, Dr. Ghanoum is a professor at Case Western and has been researching fungi for uh, most of his life. And his son is CEO of Biome Health, which um, produces um, actionable steps you can take once you understand from their testing what is in your gut and also provide some quality probiotics, prebiotics, and other, um, other uh, supplements that you can take to supplement a healthy lifestyle. And that is really the key message and takeaway that I got from Dr. Ganoum and Afif, his son, is that really the foundation has to do with what we eat, when we eat, how we eat, our stress management, our sleep, our sense of well-being. So they really have a wonderful, um, wonderful holistic approach and explained to me why um, we can help with weight loss and we can help with autoimmune conditions and digestive issues and go beyond some of the barriers that we've run into before. Um, by taking a holistic viewpoint. So we're going to talk about bacteria and fungi and biofilm and lifestyle in this episode. Please reach out to me. Let me know if you have questions. And in the show notes, you'll find all the ways to reach um, Dr. Mahmoud Ganoum and Afif Ganoum and uh, their websites and their um, Instagram handles and all that good stuff. So thanks so much for tuning in to Totally Well. I would love to hear from you. So please DM me, reach out, email me. I love questions. So with that said, on to the show. Enjoy. Okay. So uh, first of all, thank you very much for having us on this call. Afif and I were really looking forward to uh, having uh, the podcast with you. You know, the idea of uh, the microbiome for years now, people were talking about really instead of just saying the microbiome, they really are only looking at bacteria. Yeah. Like w- forgetting the fact that in our body, in uh, our gut, on our skin, and mouth, and all over the place, we have not only bacteria, but we have fungus as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the best examples is when somebody takes a antibiotic, what happens, you kill the uh, bacteria, both good and bad, and this gives the opportunity for fungi to increase in number. And this, I realized that Many years ago, in maybe 1974, when I was doing, started to do my doctorate, okay? Now, then it came, uh, the idea is, okay, we really need to tell people it is not enough to look at bacteria in your gut, but you should look also at fungi. Because if one is affected, let's say we reduce the bacteria, uh, the fungus increase, and if the fungus is high, it tries to keep the bacteria down. So that's where the premise. The first thing we started to do is we looked at HIV-infected patients. And as you know, HIV-infected patients, they have oral candidiasis with this thrush in their mouth. And when we did the first study and we published it in 2014, we showed that there is imbalance particularly in the fungal community, and that's why they tended to have thrush. Mm-hmm. And then move uh, fast forward, uh, I start looking at Crohn's disease. And as you know, people with Crohn's disease, they have inflammatory symptoms, and people were again looking at bacteria. So we did a study in families, 
members with Crohn's versus those with no Crohn's. They are healthy, uh, you know, brothers or members of the family living in the same place. And we found that there is an imbalance both in bacteria and fungi, where there is an increase in Candida tropicalis, one of the species of Candida, as well as E. coli and Syracia marcissans, which is a bacteria. So that's where we uh, started writing about it and saying we, this shows we really need to balance both bacteria and fungi. And at that time, maybe Afif can tell you, he came, he said, Dad, we have to do something about it. So Afif, you take it. Yeah, so basically in 2016, my father does this clinical trial showing that bacteria and fungi are working in the gut. And literally thousands of people reached out and basically said, I never really understood this fungi connection. And how do you recommend really addressing it? And what we saw was that really in the market, everybody was talking about bacteria. No one had really made this connection to creating probiotics and really microbiome tests to really analyze fungi's role in everything. So that's how we actually created our company, Biome. And so we designed probiotics that balance both the bacteria and fungi in the gut, as well as uh, a microbiome test that analyzes both the bacteria and fungi in the gut. But from there, you know, it's really taken a life of its own. Um, and we've continued to now develop, uh, you know, processes and therapies around using diet to optimize those things. That's actually how my dad ended up writing his, his new book to show people that one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that while your bacterial microbiome can take months to adjust, you can actually adjust the fungal uh, component, the microbiome in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So by, you know, even just optimizing your diet, you can make massive impact. And, and it's really fascinating. What we've seen is every, it seems almost daily, if not weekly, there are new uh, studies showing the microbiome's connection to our overall health and wellness. So it's, it's been a fascinating time to sort of be in the mix of it. And, and the whole time, you know, it's funny, I always say this about that. That's not some like slick TV doctor. He is an active researcher. He got his latest NIH grant around the metabolome uh, impact in bacteria and fungi. You know, so this is something where, you know, we're still seeing how we can take his ivory tower research and really bring it to, you know, the consu consumer base. Mm -hmm. So you brought, a, you brought a test in that you do in the laboratory into a kit that people, the masses, can use. Right. So what we found was that, you know, even from his Crohn's study, literally I, I wrote an article in Forbes about this. A woman reached out saying, you know, could you test my sons? They have Crohn's. And my dad wasn't set up to do that. So really what we did was we com com commercialized his NIH-level testing at his lab Mm -hmm. And that's not just in processing the kit, but it's in the interpretation of the results. Because, you know, if, if you take an ancestry test and says you're 80% Irish, that's kind of the utility of that. With your microbiome, people don't really care at the end of the day what's in their gut. They want to understand how they can start feeling better, right? So the way we actually optimize the output was in a report that tells them exactly how to optimize their diet some supplements they should consider, as well as lifestyle changes, you know, because we've actually seen where uh, there are bodybuilders. We, we, oddly enough, have a lot of people that are bodybuilders, like extreme fitness people, UFC fighters. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of digestive issues because of the in intense exercise stress they put on their bodies. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, it's not necessarily just diet. Um, it's, it's some of these lifestyle things where we'll see people that eat very well, they exercise, but they're chronically stressed. 
and they'll have issues. So one of the things we really advocate is that microbiome, because it's multifactorial, you really have to take a holistic approach to optimizing your gut health through your diet, through obviously uh, lifestyle, through even things like alcohol that can have a disparate impact on the microbiota. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the other thing which you asked about is biofin, which I like to talk a little bit about. Yeah. So when we found that there is candida, E. coli, and Syracia, the two bacteria and the fungus are increased in Crohn's disease patients, mm-hmm. we did a study because when you think about it, in our gut, even in our teeth, the plaque Mm-hmm. is a biofilm. So these organisms, they come together, They every morning we have to brush our teeth to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So the same thing happens in the gut, mm-hmm. where these pathogenic organisms or those that cause uh, diseases, they come together and they start to work to try to uh, basically, the first thing they do is they are protected under the umbrella of the biofilm. Just to make it simpler, you know, it's like having a jello, and inside this jello, you have all these MMs or raisins, for example. The raisins are the organisms, and the jello is what we call the matrix or the umbrella which protects these organisms. So it becomes very difficult to get rid of them using antibiotics or antifungals for that matter. Mm-hmm. At the same time, when they are there, they start to invade, affect each other, and they start to become more virulent. For example, candida start to form these thread-like or filaments, which can start causing damage to our epithelial cell lining in the gut. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start to see inflammation and this sort of thing. And with that in mind, when I designed the the diet, which Afif mentioned, which is now, uh, I'm glad to say, it's, uh, it's out in total gut balance book and we aim to do the following number one we aim to limit the number of fungus because that is quite especially candida okay and we give them what sort of diet will help in that we also want to encourage the good bacteria in our gut because these are good guys it's like the policeman that keeps fungus under control so we need to give for example fibers which they love these organisms and they start to increase at the same time we need to limit those organisms that are pro inflammatory in other words they cause inflammation so uh, and then of course with our observation with biofin we needed to have food such as apple cider vinegar, garlic, and others that can break the biofilm. And also in our probiotic, we put an enzyme amylase, which also can break these biofilms. So you get rid of this biofilm, have some good uh, vegetables, cruciferous vegetables, for which have, as you know, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. So when you put it all together, you are going to have really getting rid of the bad guys, encouraging the good guys, dissolving the pathogenic biofilm, and feel well both in the gut as well as, we hope, overall wellness. So without, it, without having to take a medication, it's, it's completely different thinking than what I grew up with, which was more a pill for nil, take this and get rid of this. It's really more getting your body healthier to exactly. do its job. Well, exactly. I'll, Sorry, go ahead. I'll, I'll give you a, a great example that we've really illustrates your point. So one of the things that we see a lot of people having to deal with 
is is acid, acid reflux. And one of the common ways they deal with it is to take an antacid. The problem is that's just completely band, band-aiding the actual problem. They're not actually getting the, the root of it, which is a lot of times with, with acid issues is, is their diet or when they're eating and that type of thing, right? Like for me, like clockwork, if I eat within an hour of me going to bed, I will have acid reflux, right? So I, I just know I can't do that, right? And the problem is when you use antacids, people think of acid production as a negative. And it really isn't. It's actually a critical function that protects your body. It, it, one of the things that your body will do is it will kill pathogenic organisms as they go into your GI because of the acid. So that's why with probiotics, uh, one of the things you have to look for with a good probiotic is that it will survive that journey down, but you don't want to necessarily mess with your body's acid production because that's got a very positive impact. The problem is because of a lot of the types of food that people are eating the way they have their diet, it causes so much acid production that they try to band-aid it with a medication. Really, what, what they need to be doing is, is through a lot of times diet and, you know, they're really the way they're taking a holistic approach is, is address it that way, right? So, so and, and I, I use acid and antacid as, as an example because we see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, listen, you could probably adjust this through what you're doing proactively on the diet side. Mm-hmm. And you know the beauty of now what the advancement we are seeing now in with the microbiome and even other other sort of diseases is that we are starting to think about prevention. Not everything we should take a pill, as you mentioned, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's really fantastic because I was talking to some friends of mine who from Boston, they work in this area, and they say, you know, uh, Mahmoud, if people really realize 30% of the discoveries that we are seeing with the microbiome and mycobiome, then we are going to change the way we practice medicine. We are going to make people much healthier by doing preventative measures without taking a pill for everything. And that's really was our hope. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. I've been thinking like this for a long time, and, and I've seen it in my own life that um, when, when I got sick, nobody talked to me about diet, what I was eating, whether it was even processed or whole food, you know, very, very ge- general. It was much more about what chemo I was getting or surgery I was getting. Um, if I needed a psychiatrist, cause I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was like, well, you just told me I have breast cancer and I'm going to die. What do you expect me to do? But, um, but yeah, I really just started to listen to my body and say, what makes sense? And first of all, you know, this, this processed food hasn't been around that long. And I, you know, was really brainwashed or marketed to, to think it was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we are on the same page. I'm yeah. really glad. I'm really glad about this. And I, so I, I know from listening to you before that you advocate whole food. And um, one, also I got the sense that you don't think one diet fits everybody. Exactly. You know, the important thing in the design of the diet is that it is flexible and customizable, you know, because there are people who are vegetarians, vegans, you know, whatever. What's important is try to select the right food and try to do do it in the right mix. That's why we try to provide in the book like recipes so that people can modify according to their needs and there are some some things you know you shouldn't take you have the ability to do so uh, because you have a lot big choice 
of different ingredients. As long as you are able to know how to put it together and select the right type of food. Like for example, carbohydrates. Everybody say no carb. I tell you, carbs are not bad, provided you select the right carb, you know? Mm -hmm. Like for example, there are two different types like in general uh, of carb. They have uh, digestible, which means when we eat them, like simple sugars, when we eat them, they are broken down in our intestine. Mm -hmm. And that's where most of people have refined uh, sugars and, and, and uh, a lot of food that contains all these simple sugar uh, that's easily broken. And that's not, not good. What's good about you need the indigestible carb. This for example, you find in bananas, in oats, you know, especially unripened bananas, sometimes in sweet potatoes. You know. Why is this important? Because they are not broken by in our intestine. They go down to our gut, lower, lower uh, the colon, where there are a lot of microbes there. That's where the microbiome lives. And these, uh, these organisms, especially the beneficial one, can break them down and start producing small molecules. We call them metabolites, mm -hmm. which are anti-inflammatory. And they also, once you, they, they overgrow, the beneficial organs, when they overgrow, guess what happens? They keep the bad ones down under control, as I mentioned before. So that's, that's why uh, you are absolutely right. It's very important to be customizable. You, you know, you need to also enjoy what you are eating. You cannot just abandon this and abandon that. Mm -hmm. Try it's good to eat proteins, but try to have lean proteins from plants, from fish. So you see what I mean? This is really the concept. Yeah, you mentioned um, and 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 the other podcast I listened to you on about meats in particular, and I think you said it was the fats in the meats that yes. caused the problem. Yes, high fat, high fat red meat. You know, especially because they have saturated uh, fatty acids. What we would like to have is unsaturated. Uh, mono and polyunsaturated fats because these are good, you know. And this you can find them a lot in fish, for example. You mm -hmm. can find them in plants as well. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely, you really need to select the right type of uh, protein. And in this regard, and fats, like there was a study where they looked at fats and proteins, especially coming from plants, and compared it to the red, uh, red meat ones, and they found that the red meat ones causes imbalance, whereas the good uh, stuff from plants, fish, really are very, very helpful to our uh, body, and they really help balancing the microbiome, unlike the uh, red meat ones. That's interesting. I didn't realize that. The, you had also, I think, mentioned something about the different kinds of oils that we use, like olive oil versus other kinds of oils. I think uh, olive oil, and as you know, you know, uh, this is very famous. I come from Lebanon, uh, like similar to Italy, where we have a lot of olive trees and uh, olive oil, and they are especially the extra virgin olive oil are fantastic because, as we mentioned, they have the unsaturated uh, fatty acids. I think this is very important. Some coconut oil is is good as well, uh, and you know. Some other essential oils are very, very helpful. But I really put at the top of the tree is the olive oil. So we want to avoid the seed oils that can be... 
Yes, some of them, especially like, you know, corn oil and whatever, not as good as the, the olive oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask, uh, I don't know who's best to answer, maybe Afif, on the testing that you do. Um, a lot of people approach me with different kinds of gut te- tests, and the more I'm learning, the less I feel I know it's getting confusing. So what is, what is it that you look at with your test? You, you mean like what organisms? Yeah, so you're using stool, first of all, right? Because I've yes. had a company approach me that does a blood test and looks at metabolites. Yes. As opposed to, to stool, so. Uh, so. So let me take a step back. So the first thing uh, that I think is important is that the testing we do is the actual testing my dad does for NIH-level clinical trials. So on the bacterial side, it's called 16S, which uh, if, if you're familiar with it, that's probably something you've heard before. And then on the fungal side, it's ITS, right? So what we, we're doing is we're basically doing a giant blast to see what is going on in, in your GI. Fecal sample sort of the state of the art is to get it from a fecal sample. That, that doesn't mean over time um, that other ways to do it will, will not come about, but to get the most accurate measurements, mm-hmm. fecal sample seems to be the standard of the industry, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, for example, like it, there's the problem is there's a little bit of an ick factor with uh, fecal samples for some people, you know, for some people not. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've even looked at can you do it orally? Can you do it different ways? The problem is you, you can still get some level of measurement. The accuracy of what you're measuring starts to be tougher the further you get away from actually sampling from the GI, which is through a fecal sample. Now, once we actually uh, sequence, we, we see everything that's in the gut, but we don't report everything that's in the gut. Why? Because it's picking up transient organisms that are from something you ate last night, other organisms that really have no correlation to health and wellness. So really what we do is we concentrate on what we call like the core microbiota, which is about 60 organisms, Mm -hmm. uh, partly bacteria, partly fungal that are actually tied to health and wellness outcomes. Right. So, so those are important because you can actually impact them. Now uh, some people will ask, okay, well, what about viruses? There are viruses in the microbiome. So there are viruses in the microbiome. There's two issues. One, the science is very, very, very light on actually tying uh, microbiota viruses to health and wellness outcome. The other is that the testing methodologies are very um, unreliable when it comes to consistently and predictably picking up viruses in the GI. So we basically, our view is if it's good enough for Case Western School of Medicine and the NIH, it's, it's good enough for us. And so we're looking for the bacteria and the fungi. And again, it, this is what I would tell people also. More data is not necessarily better data, right? Because you can end up having basically a ton of data that's meaningless. So really, it's, it's what you end up actually being able to interpret out of the data. That's yeah. why, you know, what, what we've seen our own test report over the last three years really be refined, refined, refined so that we're presenting people with what's actually going to be useful, you know? So, so yeah, because again, otherwise people, they just get frustrated. They, it, it's very much like a credit report. I want my credit report and I want my credit to be good because it, it helps me get lower interest rates. It gives me access to other credit. 
I don't really care necessarily why my credit score is what it is. I just want to know that it's good. And if it's good, great. And if it's not, well, what can I do to optimize? But I'm not, it would be almost meaningless to me to get a giant report and be like, you know, all these various factors that come into my credit score. So that's, again, that's an industry that figured that out and they kind of give you a dial and you see where you're at. We took a page out of that book and said, listen, if you want all the details in the back, but really what you're trying to figure out is where, where's my gut at and what can I do to optimize it? So that's really how we've honed Action steps, yeah. Action, function of it, yeah. The functionable, the actionable steps, as you said, exactly. The other thing which we do is we collect also personal data from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, do they sleep well? Do they exercise? What type of food they have? Do, are they on antibiotics? Or whatever sort of medication. Mm-hmm. And then we then look at when you come, when you get the report, you get both your profile of microorganisms, but at the same time, how your lifestyle is affecting this pattern. Okay. And we have nutritionists in our team where they can guide people. You know, this is what you really need to do. This is what we found. Like, for example, we found a lot of increase in the phylum protobacteria. Protobacteria is a pro-inflammatory phylum. So what to do about it? Take fibers. Take uh, uh, vitamin D3. This definitely will try to rebalance it. So there are specific recommendations. And as you say, we cut out the noise of, because, you know, you come, you can, uh, when you do analysis, you may get more than 1,000 organisms. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's always been my problem. It's like all this information, how do you, it's the same thing as when we try to give medications for things or even supplements. It's yes. like, how do we know this is the right concoction, the right mix? That's why I always go back to, you know, what would a cave woman do? <laughs> yeah, and look, you hit the nail on the head because one of the things we see is that, you know, if you're taking a microbiome test, you're probably dealing with some digestive issues and you probably feel like you don't know what else to do. The reality is what we see, and this is just math we see in our data, the percentage of people that actually um, their diet that are actually taking the test about 40% eat fast food a couple times a month, at least, right? And chances are, if you're eating a couple times a month, you're eating it more frequently than that. That is something that, listen, I don't need you to take a microbiome test. You should be really trying to optimize. Like the analogy I always use is, we've all been stuck in traffic behind the guy on the carbon fiber bike, he's wearing the Lycra suit, the amazing helmet, and he's 80 pounds overweight. And you're saying, before you buy the carbon fiber bike, the Lycra suit, lose some weight. That will make you go a lot faster on your bicycle, right? It's the same with your microbiome. Before you worry about like what probiotic you need to be taking or like your, your microbiome levels, like start with the, the simplest thing you can do, which is improve how you're eating. And you'll likely see a lot of these things start to, to go away. It's, in fact, it's even like uh, Cleveland, Clinic, Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine they won't even let you see a doctor before you've gone through their holistic nutritional coaching. And what they found is it's some, I don't know the exact percentage, but some crazy percentage, like 80% of people never actually have to see the doctor after they've gone through the initial health and nutrition coaching, because what they, you know, it goes back to the antacid thing. A lot of the issues they're dealing with will go away with some fundamental basic changes. And, and, And unfortunately that's not the sexy answer, right? People 
want something in a pill. They, they want three bulletproof rules to whatever, right? Instead of just, listen, 90% of the stuff, if you just ate reasonably, got a decent amount of sleep, and reasonably exercise, you, you'd probably be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what makes it so exciting for me to have you saying these words because yeah. I, 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 I think it's just marketing and brainwash that people want to believe that, I mean, and maybe just human nature, they want to believe the easy thing. Like the story you said on the bike, I, I play hockey and coach hockey and people come to me because they want to skate fast. Yeah. And I look at them and I'm like, there's nothing I can show you on your skates that's going to work better than those 20 pounds well, or 30 pounds. Everything is marketing. It's whether it's golf equipment, I'll buy this new driver and you'll drive or, or biking equipment, or I'm sure that, you know, Bauer skating, right? It, people, it's a marketing thing to say, if you buy this product, you will get an edge, Right. Same yeah. with supplements, same with, you know, a lot of different products and even pharmaceuticals. You know, listen, obviously when you were going through breast cancer treatment, you, you need chemotherapy. There are very serious things that you need medication. But even big pharma advertises, are you dealing with this? Mm-hmm. There's a pill for that. Are you dealing with that? Now, that doesn't mean medication is unnecessary. It just means it might not be the only thing you can be doing to optimize your life because that that's a reverse problem too. I, I saw... Uh, I was at the Mind Body, actually, my dad and I were at the Mind Body Green Conference uh, a couple years ago, and there was a presentation called basically Don't Let Your Wellness Get in the Way of Your Wellness. And it was about a lady who wasn't feeling well, having digestive issues, used probiotics, like big into yoga, did all these holistic things to try to feel better. She didn't feel better. When she finally went to a physician, she had like stage three, or maybe four, but definitely three cancer. Mm-hmm. And so her whole message was that she was so anti-traditional medicine and, and, and doctors and medication that she had waited too long to get into a doctor. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's very easy and it's sort of like just the American way, like dairy, we should eat less dairy. That means I should have no dairy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I should exercise more. That means I should do two hour spin class. No, no, no. Just moderation yes. is really the key to a lot of this stuff. Now, sometimes you need more than moderation, right? And that's where some of these things like, you know, we always say a dietary supplement should be supplementing mm-hmm. proper diet. Not, not, you know, eat whatever you want and then just pop uh, a probiotic, you know? It's not an excuse for eating poorly. You can't run a bad diet. Yes, exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, these are all the things that I work with with people, and and the struggle is to get them to believe it, invest in it. Um, to you know, they'll come to me for weight loss, autoimmune, or GI issues, right, or some combination, and they'll they'll want it fast. Um, they want it. They want an answer. They want a, a, a concrete answer. And I'm like, even like a test like this is just. Guidance. Look, look, it's no different than anything else in life. I've heard this quote a lot the last like week because it's you know obviously the new year and the beginning of a new decade, right? And basically, they say people overestimate what they can do in a year, underestimate what they can do in ten years, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the same with diet, food. Like, so you're probably overestimating that you can make a giant change in two months, right? By whatever you're doing. But if you stick with it for like a year, you will lose weight. You will feel better. It's just, it, it, it takes a minute, but 
you'll see those results, you know, and it's, yeah. it's not rocket science. We literally see thousands of these microbiome tests. We, we see thousands of these people. It's, it, it, we see the exact same thing. You know, it's empirically like if you're not feeling well and you want to feel better, 90% of the way there, assuming like no genetic issues or autoimmune issues or those things, you can probably do it through diet and, and proper lifestyle alone. You don't need anything. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting about the power of the microbiome now with so many studies. It's really teaching us like, look, if we can control what is in our gut, we will impact others. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you are completely gonna be hundred percent, especially as you say, if you have genetic issues and, and the things which beyond your control and you need to take care of it. But trying to balance your gut will also help the other approaches, which is the traditional medicine approach, you know, because you are going to have better gut. At the same time, you are addressing the core of the problem of a given disease. Together, they will be very helpful rather than just one shot in one, one direction. Yeah, and listen, just to be clear too, like uh, supplements have a great place and are a great tool in the health tool belt, right? Like things like fish oils, a rock solid probiotic, like these things can be very good for your health. It's not to say, obviously, you shouldn't use any. It's saying that they are, they have their proper place in the health paradigm. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just the nature of, like we were saying earlier, uh, just business practices. It's a lot easier to sell people on the dream of just do this and you, you will get these results. It just doesn't work that way. Even, even like weight loss pills where, you know, it seems like they've cracked down on them a lot more recently, but even those, you'd always see the little script that the people showing use this as part of a proper exercise and diet routine, right? So it's, it's, but you know, like, again, like a probiotic, really a probiotic, what we look at is it's really the new multivitamin. It's very much like brushing your teeth, right? Mm -hmm. No one brushes their teeth and says, okay, great. I'm done for the next four months. It's maintenance. Why? Because the mouth is very dynamic. There's saliva, you're eating food. There's a lot going on in there that you need to continuously maintain. Biofilms build up. Your GI is very much the same thing, right? It's constantly getting impacted by foods, by stress, all these things. Now, comparing that to uh, your skin, where your skin, if you have like a scratch or something, you put some ointment on, you cover it with a Band-Aid, it's, it's pretty much going to be undisturbed, right? So you can kind of one and done it. Your gut and, you know, your oral cavity. Yeah, right it's now. dynamic. It's a dynamic system, which it changes. That's why it's very important to have a long, like, long view with this. Like, as you said, you cannot just uh, follow a diet for one month. And, no, I mean, in the book, we say this is a really n not just the 20 weeks or 20 days plan. This is a way of life. If you start right. to adopting it so that you have the right proteins, the right carb carbs, the right fats, you know, yeah. then this is going to be helpful. And also at the same time, you have the choice of good ingredients to make. Yeah, it's incredibly tasty food. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, for a long time. That's yeah. something that people have not uh, have, have lost track of is that diet has unfortunately become code for. Uh, I have to do this. Like some of, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, incredibly tasty foods, and, yeah. and yeah. that's one thing we we spent a lot of time. Like a lot of people said, this it's a it's a you know kind of it's the ultimate compliment to us. A lot of people said, well, it almost looks like a you know a Food Channel book because yeah. tons of recipes, tons of really nice photos. Because we know I can recommend some you know juju berry from the Amazon that will help you. It, it's useless because people won't eat it. 
right? Yeah. So you have to make things accessible. You have to make things actually tasty. Um, so yeah. Well, it makes sense to me that um, a doctor and his son would put together a recipe book if you think food is medicine, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really neat. And also we enjoy, Akif and I, uh, I am so lucky to have uh, uh, him as my son, first of all. And also we, we work together and we enjoy it. And sometimes I go into my old hat. I'm that, so you listen to me. <laughs> but it doesn't work. <laughs> well, Joyce, the, the ultimate example of our relationship is this painting behind my wall where my dad's in a bear, bear suit. That's, uh, that's how I keep him grounded. <laughs> well, you're, you're so kind to share your, your knowledge and your, you know, all the work that you've done and to make it accessible. And just, again, it makes me feel more powerful that my message of you know, personalizing your approach, taking it slow. I remember, um, Mahmoud, you were saying sometimes too much too fast. It doesn't mean it's yeah. bad. It's just your body's not adapted to all that fiber. So exactly, exactly. Know. That's why, like in the in the in the in the uh, total gut balance, what we say, we have one week to ease into the, the diet. Because you can imagine, you are eating different types of food and suddenly you are changing into healthier one. Yeah. Your body is not used to it. So it's gonna take some time. So try the first week. If it's not, extend it for another week and then your body get used to it and then you, that you will be able to transfer into the long term. So you just need to adapt your, your gut to the new way of eating, exercising, you know, try to have less stress. You know, we talk to people a lot of the time. Uh, look, it's very, we are all stressed out. We are all working very hard. We have families. We have, let's try to control the stress. You know, try to take a few minutes in a day just to, don't think about anything, you know. Do yoga. And these are all very, very, very helpful uh, to people. Yeah, well, it was good to hear because that's what I recommend for my folks too is find, you know, really that holistic uh, picture and being able to then say we can test you and get some guidance or you can add these supplements. I just feel more confident in recommending things that have you know so thoughtfully placed in the big plan. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, one last thing I tell you about: we had a lady. We looked at her microbiome. It looked really out of balance completely. This biosis all over the place. Yeah. And then we looked at her diet. And she is eating good food, really good food. And then the last resort is looking at the questionnaires. And we looked at the questionnaires and she had severely stressed. Mm -hmm. So we said, oh my God. And of course, because of the gut-brain access, this yeah. is very clear that stress definitely will affect your microbiome. You know, mm -hmm. So that's what we advised her to, to, do, to do, as I mentioned, some yoga, some meditation, go out for walks, relax, you know, go out into beautiful nature we have in, uh, in this country. And that all in all is going to help you because what you are doing as, food, as far as food is concerned is great. We need just this other piece to adjust and then hopefully you will be great. We're, oftentimes I'll tell people their first week is just to notice and I won't put people on diets anymore. The traditional, that code word for being uh, going without or being deprived. Um, I, we're going to adjust your eating. We're going to experiment week to week. We're going to reevaluate. But it's not that word diet is out for me now. I think the body will adapt and the signals will start working right when you feed it well and do these other things, sleep. 
Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. Definitely. So.